Hallelujah. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Spirit of God in this place. Hallelujah, Lord. No matter how long it takes, we're going to praise you, God. We're going to worship you, Lord. Come on, that's in the name of Jesus. We praise you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I feel the love of Jesus in this building. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise all across this building. Amen. Amen. Feels so good to be in the house of the Lord here on this Sunday afternoon. And I feel, I just feel like we're continuing on, amen, with those the wonderful spirit of God that we felt here last Sunday and last Monday during revival. Amen. How many, how many thoroughly was blessed, amen, the last Sunday and Monday of revival. Amen. And uh, I felt so strongly to have Brother Puller come back. And uh, I know what it is to evangelize. You, you want to be where the spirit is moving, um, and you do that. But there are also times where you have made prior commitments. And so I said, when's as soon as you can come back? He said, I can be there on Wednesday. So you want to come back this Wednesday night, 6.30 p.m. for prayer. Uh, Evangelist Brandon Puller is going to be preaching. And the next Sunday at 1.30 p.m., 1 o'clock for prayer. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be an incredible time in Jesus' name. And I, I told Brother Puller, I said, you know, uh, I evangelized for a couple years. I've been pastoring. A lot longer uh, of a time, and uh, but I still got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to evangelize today, and I just messed with him. I said I'm gonna try to be the evangelist for for Sunday, and so keep keep that atmosphere going for him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do the work of an evangelist today in Jesus' name, and uh, keep the momentum going with what he's been preaching. And I felt on Monday that God gave me a word for today, and I'm gonna do my best to preach it to us. Amen. Hallelujah. At this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students to their classrooms. Amen. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And everybody say, God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Psalms, chapter 40. Book of Psalms, chapter 40, and beginning in verse number 1. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to have all of our guests and our visitors here today. Amen. As long as I'm home, folk. Praise God. Psalms, chapter 40, verses 1 through 3. David writes, I waited patiently for the Lord. What a great song they sang without even knowing where I'm going here today. I waited patiently. Everybody say patiently. How you wait makes a big difference. Amen. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. What you do while you wait makes a big difference. Amen. He was crying unto the Lord and talking to Jesus. He brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, 
and he established my goings. He pulled me out of the mud. He put me on a solid place. And he set me in the right direction and told me to start moving. And this is the next part that God did in hearing his cry and getting him out of that mud. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. He said, he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock and he established my goings and he put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, getting unstuck. Amen. Getting unstuck. Would you set down your Bibles? Would you pray with us here today? Amen. I believe that the Lord has already ordained this service, and I believe God's going to help us to continue to move forward. And I'm praying for somebody today to, to make to be able to make progress that they felt like they've not been able to make in a long time. And I, I'm praying that today is going to be a day somebody gets unstuck from where they've been held up and held back. And I'm praying today, God, that you would do a miracle and a work in our lives and speak a word. Come on, somebody pray with me. Amen. There's some folks here today. Amen. As I begin to read that verse, it begin to speak to your soul. You're tired of being stuck where you are. And I'm believing God's going to help you get out of it. I'm praying for encouragement. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Let's clap our hands and give God a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. God bless you. you. may be seated for a few moments. Amen. Since I'm your evangelist for today, I just want to say thank you for the room. You, you didn't have to get me a whole house, and the accommodations are wonderful, and the food that's cooked by the pastor's wife is just the best it could ever be. And so I just want to say thank you to the, to the church for the invitation to come. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to talk to us today about getting unstuck. Amen. Everybody that's lived long enough, especially out here in this high desert area, knows what it's like to be stuck. If you've ever been stuck in the mud or if you've ever seen or been stuck in quicksand, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen. If you were like my wife and you grew up in Florida, amen, you know what it is to stand on the seashore and as you stand and the waves begin to crash on there, that, that sand begins to move out from underneath your feet and you begin to sink down into that sand with every wave that begins to come across it. I remember growing up, I grew up in, in Spokane, Washington, uh, as, as we've got another one here today was born in Spokane, Washington. I've never seen anybody get that excited about Spokane except for you. Amen. But... Uh, I, I grew up out there in, in the northwest, and uh, it was actually, climate is just like Carson City, a little more trees, but same snow, same weather. And uh, my grandparents on one side lived in Spokane, and on my, parent, on my mother's side, they lived in Wilbur, Washington. That's right, amen. Half of my family was a Ph.D. holding psychologists, and on the other side in Wilbur, Washington, they were pig farmers. And so I got a little bit of hood in me and, you know, a little bit of good in me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and they were out there in Wilbur, Washington. And, and uh, as much as I protested against my family sending me out there to visit because there's nothing to do 
I thought Spokane was bad. There's nothing to do in Wilbur, Washington. In fact, if you look on a map, you probably won't even find it. And uh, so I got out there, and my cousins came. So I thought this was going to be a great time. And we had nothing to do. So we decided we were going to go out exploring Wilbur, Washington. And uh, it took about five minutes. We explored the whole place. But we got out there, and it is much like out here as you head towards Fallon and Silver Springs. It's just a desert. There's nothing out there, amen, except for Brother Diaz. And so, uh, amen, and the Gideon family, praise God. You just, we got out there, and we saw this little cliff, and it's not a big cliff, so don't think anything bad of my cousins, but we looked down, and, and there was a little bit of mud. And my cousin thought, this is a great opportunity, and, and against my will, he picked me up, being stronger and older than I was, and he threw me into the mud. But he didn't realize this mud was not just a puddle that we have in the city. This was one of those Silver Springs, Wilbur Washington kind of muds. And I sunk all the way up to my, to my waist, and, and, and he just started laughing. And they said, all right, let's go. And so I struggled and I fought against the mud, but I started sinking a little lower. And, uh, as, and despite my best efforts, no matter what I did, I could not free myself from the mud. I needed external assistance from my knuckleheaded cousin to get out of it. And in our text, that's exactly what David's talking about. He's talking about how in life sometimes we get trapped in a dreadful pit of miry clay. The biblical word for miry clay describes a bog or a marsh or quicksand. It is that which, it's wet ground that cannot support your weight. And so, amen, every time you move, it pulls you down further as the sand underneath begins to shift away. It, this mire is deep, soft mud saturated by water or slush slush it's like a potter's clay and david uses miry clay to symbolize situations of extreme difficulty where it appears as if there is no escape as if there is no way out. Amen. David is somebody who knows about life's miry clay and life's, amen, sticky situations. David might have been talking about a number of situations that distressed him, times in which he endured that he felt like he could not get out and that he was stuck. There was no escape. It might have been the center of his depression while he was running from Saul, amen, and it could be that he thought, there's no way I'm going to get out of this. The king wants me dead. It might have been the time when he was running for his life, not from an enemy, not from his father-in-law, but this time it was from his very son, Absalom, that was trying to steal the kingdom. You know, amen, wounds hurt, but they hurt a lot worse when it's somebody you care about. Amen. The Bible says, I, speaking of Jesus, he was wounded in the house of his friends. I, I expect an enemy to come at me, but I, I, I get a little more hurt when people I love come after me. It could be that David talked about running for his life from his son, and it felt like a pit that he could not get out. He was stuck in it. It could very well be the pit that David dug for himself. Amen. When he had a sinful affair with Bathsheba and then ended up killing her husband to try to cover it up. 
That's right, that's in your Bible. Amen. We don't know exactly what situation David's talking about, but David understood what it was to be in situations in life where he felt absolutely stuck. And because life often mirrors this predicament, it presents us with prolonged periods of waiting and these prolonged periods of hardship that seem to be endless. These trials feel relentless. They feel like they're constantly crashing against us. Amen. I, I know there's been a few times I, I've been out at the ocean and I've been out in some pretty big waves and I felt as if, as if it crashed against me and I've got hit by a few of them that they knocked me over. And as soon as I popped up, amen, another wave crashed against me. That's what it feels like to be stuck. Amen. Every time you think you're about to pop up out of it, it pulls you down a little bit further. Every time you think you're about to get ahead, you fall further behind. Every time you feel like you're about to escape the situation, the cycle starts over again. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. To feel stuck. I know I'm preaching to somebody. Amen. Everybody in this building knows there's times in life where you feel absolutely stuck, like there is no escape. I want to talk to some folks about some areas where God wants to help you get unstuck. Amen. Some areas in which you get stuck and you feel like it's an endless cycle and you can't get out. Amen. I want to talk about this. Amen. It's possible to get stuck in sin. Everybody said amen. Amen. Uh, sin is something, it's not just something we do once in a while. Amen. The Bible says we were born in sin and we were shaped in iniquity. There is none that does good. No, not one. The Bible is replete with telling us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. Sin, as Paul talked about, is that other thing that is fighting against me. That when I want to do good, evil is present with me. That's like being trapped in the mud. That When you want to live right, all of a sudden there's some things that pull you back into living wrong. And every time you want to take a step forward in God, it seems like your flesh and your carnal nature yanks you back into the mud. Amen. These are cycles of wrongdoing. Amen. In this, in this mud of sin, people get shackled by shame and guilt. They get engulfed in a relentless struggle against temptation. Amen. They, they, they're, they're like an addict that says, I, I, I want to quit, but I don't know how. Amen. There are, these cycles of sin will get people trapped on Internet pornography. And, and, and when they get free for about a week and they get free, and all of a sudden they, 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 they find themselves being pulled back into the miry clay and into the mud. Uh, amen. These are people that get fixated on their past mistakes uh, and they seem as if I've made too many mistakes that I cannot move forward from here. I'm talking to people that are trapped and they are stuck in sin. Amen. Because sin doesn't just, amen, hurt you. Sin tries to hold you. Can I talk to somebody here today? Sin doesn't just hurt you. It tries to hold on to you. Amen. This is what God told Cain. He says, if you give in to sin, it will jump upon you like a roaring lion, and it will have dominion. I want to tell you, sin doesn't want to just hurt you. It wants to rule over you. It wants to have dominion over you. Amen. Well, pastor, is this really a sin? Do I really? I want to tell you, if it's something you can't let go of, amen, I want to tell you, you're stuck in the mud, and you don't even know it. 
Amen. And God does not want any of his people, amen, to be addicted to things. God does not want any of his people to be enslaved by things. God doesn't want any of his people stuck in sin and stuck in shame and stuck in guilt. Amen. I want to tell somebody here today, God has declared more for your life. and There is a freedom beyond that which you have experienced. Somebody clap your hands and give God praise. This being stuck in sin, it feels like a spiritual stagnation. And there's people here today, you came to church today because you feel like you are stuck in your spiritual walk. Amen. I want to tell you when you're stuck in sin, what it'll do, it'll silence your praise. Amen. You want to lift up your hands and praise God, but you can't. Because you're stuck in this mud called sin. Amen. This is what happened to Achan. When, he, when, when, the, when Joshua came by, he said, give God the glory. And he, he said, I can't do it. I want to tell you what happened. He had unrepentant sin in his life that got him so stuck that when it came time to praise the Lord, he couldn't. This is what happened to David when he committed that adultery and that murder. Amen. He said, for one solid year, I kept silence. I wouldn't praise God. I want to tell you, when you're stuck in sin, it affects you your praise. Uh, amen. Can I piggyback upon what Brother Polar said last week? You can't let sin corrupt your worship. You can't let your failings and your fallings stop you from giving God the glory. There are people here today, you are stuck in sin. I'm going to help you get out of it today. I'm going to give you the answers. Amen. There's other people. Amen. That, that you got stuck in suffering. Hallelujah. You're stuck in suffering, struggling with pain, loss, or adversity itself, feeling overwhelmed by emotional or physical suffering, battling with mental health challenges, anxiety, and depression. Amen. Every time you make it up in your mind, amen, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to think differently. It just yanks you back to your negative way of thinking, and it holds you captive. I want to preach to you here today that God is going to help somebody get unstuck in their suffering. God, when you want to be healthier, you get sicker. God's going to heal somebody today and help you get unstuck from your suffering. You want to think better. You want to think different. But the devil keeps pulling you back. And the mud keeps pulling you back. I've come to preach to somebody. You're going to get delivered from being stuck today. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. If you believe that, give him praise. Give him glory. God's going to help somebody get unstuck. Amen. Suffering has lasted too long. Today is the day. There are people who are stuck in suffering. They have endured hardship. And this is what it feels like when you're suffering. You cannot see a clear path forward. You can't see. You've been in pain so long. Amen. You cannot see a day with where, where you will be out of pain. This is the woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Hallelujah. She was stuck for 12 long years. This is the woman who was bowed over for 18 years. This is the man who was laid daily at the at the, at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. I'm preaching to people who have been stuck not for a week, not because of a toothache this week, amen, but you've been stuck for years. You've been suffering for years. 
This is the young man who was possessed of a devil who, since he was a little child, cast himself in the water and in the fire. I'm preaching to some folks. You're stuck in your suffering. It's been a long time that you've been depressed. It's been a long time you've been sick. It's been a long time you haven't been healed. It's been a long time you, you haven't slept. It's been a long time you haven't gone without this pain. And I've come to preach to somebody. God's going to help you get unstuck today. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost on that. Somebody, well, I've had this for 20 years. It can go today. You can get unstuck from suffering today. I believe God can heal. Well, preacher, you don't know my diagnosis. I don't need to know your diagnosis. God that made the body can heal the body. God that created man can recreate man. God, I came to preach to somebody. God who made the mind can transform the mind. God who made the mind can reset the mind. God. Well, the doctor said, I've got a chemical imbalance. I've come to preach to you here today. God that put those chemicals and those hormones in your body can set it right today. Oh, somebody ought to, somebody ought to praise the Lord. Come on. I refuse to, to let being stuck stop me from praising God. I refuse. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. All these people, they've been there for a long time. They've been stuck. Amen. And with that makes you start wrestling unanswered questions as to why. Amen. We love to ask the question why. You know, that's one question I found I haven't got a lot of answers to. Hallelujah. I've asked why, amen, but but that doesn't always get answered. But you know what I do instead? Amen. When I feel like I'm stuck in those moments, instead of asking God why, because why, it, here's the deal. Amen. It doesn't matter if God told you why. You'd still be suffering. Well, God, why am I, why is this hurt? Why am I this way? It doesn't matter why you're this way. Amen. All that matters is if God, God, can you touch me? God, can you heal me? And you... Instead of spending all your energy trying to pull out of that mud of why, of why, of why, instead say, God, I want you to heal me. I want you to pull me out of this. I'm done feeling like this. Am I preaching to anybody that you've been stuck in suffering and you got a testimony that one day you came to church and all of a sudden the pain was gone? Come on, can anybody testify with their praise that one day the migraines left, that one day the pain disappeared, that one day your mind shifted? Amen. God can help you get unstuck in your suffering. Hallelujah. Amen. And then finally on this, everybody say seasons. Sometimes you're stuck in a season. People that face Transition, changes in life stages, feeling stuck in a particular phase of life. Some folks, amen, are stuck in their adolescence. They're 40. Mom's basement is not that great. God can help you get unstuck here today. Get you an apartment. Praise God. Well, preacher, you just leave me alone. No, they left you alone for 40 years. I'm coming after you. Ain't my job to leave you alone. Everybody else in your life left you alone. I got to come at come at some things. There's some folks you've been stuck in adolescence. It's time to grow up. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, I don't know how. Great. I got answers for you here today. God's going to help you get unstuck. 
There are some folks that feel stuck because they're coping with challenges of aging. Unfortunately, I, you already grew up. I can't help you there. Hallelujah. I can't bring you back. Amen. But you know what? God can help you transition. Hallelujah. God can help you transition. God can help you get unstuck from how it feels, amen, to start feeling pains you didn't know existed. Amen. God can help you to adjust to new roles and responsibilities uh, from going from being the worker to being the retired man. Uh, amen. God can help you from going to being the man that does all the work to the man that instructs those that does the work. Uh, amen. God can help you to navigate through periods of uncertainty and transition. Uh, God can help you go from one career to another. Uh, even though you wanted to stay at that one, God God moved you to this one. God can help you to relocate where you need to be. God can help you transition in your relationships. I've come to preach to somebody. God can help you go from single to married. God can help you. He can help you get unstuck. Well, Pastor, why are you preaching this? I'll tell you why I'm preaching this. Because on Monday night, as the preacher began to preach, I saw, amen, I am not. I don't normally see visions, but I had, I had as, as, as best as I could describe it, a vision in my mind. I might have been daydreaming. He was preaching so good, he started making me daydream. Praise God. Amen. But I, I started seeing people in this church, amen, as if I couldn't see their face, but I knew they were in this church. And the Holy Ghost began to show me as they were pulling against things. The preacher was trying to preach to them, and as he began to preach, they started pulling against it. And the more they pulled, the more the mud started pulling them back. And despite their efforts, they remained ensnared by the mud that was around them. Amen. But as they began to continue to press through it, the Holy Ghost showed up. And where they were not able to get free, where they were not able to get unstuck, the Holy Ghost. I've come to preach to somebody, today is your day to get unstuck, to You've been pulling against it. Don't stop pulling. You've been fighting against it. Don't stop fighting against it. God is going to help you get unstuck. Oh, somebody, if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. There's some folks you've been trying uh, to get your finances under control, and you keep getting pulled backwards. Uh, but God's going to help you get your finances in track. Uh, you've been trying to pull your marriage forward, uh, your kids forward, and you keep getting stuck. Uh, but God's going to help you today to get unstuck. Somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on. Hallelujah. The key is you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it by yourself. You can't pull against it enough. You can't fight against it enough. You're going to have to get the Lord on your side. Somebody pray. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. God's helping somebody right now. God's giving them, God's giving them a vision in their mind. God's giving them a word in their heart. You can get out of this. You can get out of this. You are not, you hadn't been there too long. You can get out of this. I want to help somebody get unstuck here today. Amen. You want, I want to tell you three ways that'll help you get unstuck. In any area. It doesn't matter if it's your you're suffering. It doesn't matter if it's a season in your life. You, amen. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's sin. I want to tell you the first thing, amen, you need to do is recognize you're stuck. I've met too many people that act like they're not stuck. 
Amen. Pastor, everything's perfect. Amen. No, no, it's not. You're stuck. Amen. They want to act like, no, I'm, I'm great. I'm like, you're in the mud right now. Amen. The first thing you got to do is recognize I'm stuck. And I've been trying to get out of this, and it's not working. <laughs> Amen. When you first recognize, you know, there's people that, that if they, they don't realize there's, you know, when you, when you ever been, anybody ever been stuck when they're driving their car? Amen. I've, I've, I've lived in the snow all my life, and I've been stuck. I've had to put chains on on a hill. It's terrible. Amen. But there's been times where I've been stuck, and you know what I do? I rev my engine, and I try to rock my car back and forth, and I try everything in my power, and I think we just need a little more engine power, and we're going to get out of this. Anybody ever had that not work? I've had that not work. And then I've had to get out the shovel. And I hate having to use the shovel to get myself unstuck. And I start shoveling. And I realize, okay, I got a little bit of that. Now, maybe we can go put something on the ground to help maybe get some traction, whether it be some chains or anybody ever done that. And it didn't work. You, you know you lived in a cold area if you've ever had that experience. Amen, because usually people are just like, they just get in their car and go. They don't understand that you have to, like, salt your driveway and uh, all that stuff. Amen. But I've been in places where all of a sudden I, I, I finally recognized it doesn't matter how much I rev my engine. It doesn't matter how much snow I shovel. It doesn't matter if I put a blanket down. It doesn't matter if I put cat litter down. It don't matter if I put chains on. I am stuck. Hallelujah. When you recognize that you're stuck, you realize you cannot get out of it by yourself. Let me help somebody understand this. You got into it by yourself, but you may not be able to get out of it by yourself. Self-reliance is often what gets us stuck, and self-reliance will not get us unstuck. Amen. The next thing you need to recognize is you need to understand why you're stuck. Amen. If you're stuck because your tires are flat, now you know what to do. If you're stuck, amen, because you are in a ditch, now you know what to do. Let me preach to somebody. If you recognize that you're stuck and you start doing some inventory and you realize I'm stuck because I'm sinning, it'll help you to figure out the next step. Hallelujah. I've seen people that are trying to repent, amen, over something that wasn't a sin, and they think that's going to get them unstuck. No, that ain't going to fix it. Amen. I've seen people that they, they, they're stuck in their marriage, and they're thinking, well, I'm, a, I'm just going to, I'm going to, hear me, I'm a pastor, but they think I'm going to go to the church and I'm going to pray about it. No, you need to talk with your wife about it. They're broke, and they're thinking, well, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go in, on an extended fast. Uh, amen. I, I, praise God. Please do the spiritual. Don't misunderstand me. But you might want to go put out a job application or two. If you understand why you're in the position you're in, all of a sudden it makes the pathway out a lot more clear. It illuminates, uh, amen, I, I don't need to try all this other stuff uh, because that's not going to fix it. Uh, but I can start fixing all of these other things. When you realize that you're stuck and you understand why, you, why you're stuck, the next level is starting to ask God's help to get you unstuck. 
And that's what I've come to preach to somebody about here today. Amen. When you recognize that you are static, amen, and you are stuck, amen, there's some movements you're going to have to start making. You're going to have to start taking some actions that maybe you didn't take when you got stuck in the first place. It might be a small step forward. It might simply be asking for God to help you, reaching out for help and support, amen, assessing, amen, all the surroundings that you got, amen, seeing what you got going on and seeing what's helping you and what's hindering you, what's moving you out of the pit and what's keeping you in the pit. And I've come to preach to somebody that when you recognize you're stuck and you start realizing why you're stuck, the only thing left to do is to say, God, amen, I need direction on how to get unstuck. I I'm revving my engine, but I'm still stuck. I'm shoveling, but I'm still stuck. I'm moving, but I'm still stuck. And God will begin to speak to you. God will bring you a word. And God will say, you've been trying all this stuff, and you're still stuck. But here's what you're going to try next. And God will give you a revelation and information about your circumstance, that which you did not know, that which you did not have. And when you implement God's help. He'll pull you up out of the miry clay. Somebody clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Amen. Could be that you're stuck and the Holy Ghost will speak to you. And he'll tell you it is a season. Listen, I am done with winter. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to Lake Tahoe. Praise God. Get on the paddleboard. It's too cold right now. I'm done with wintertime. But I can't change wintertime. I would love for it to be 85 degrees out, but I can't change the weather. But I can prepare for the weather I'm in. Y'all didn't hear me. I can't change the season, but I can do something in the season I'm in. If I want to harvest in the next season, I'm going to have to plant some things in this season. I, I want to harvest, but it's not harvest time. It's seed planting time. I want it to be warm, but it's cold. I'm putting a coat on. I want my life to be different, but until it's different, I'm going to make the changes I need to make inside of me so that life can be different in the next season. Can I preach to somebody? Uh, amen. Don't ignore the season you're in. Don't fight against the season you're in. It's temporary after all. And all you got to do is utilize the season for what it was created for, what it was designed for. And God will prepare you in this season uh, for the next season. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's people that they are just ready to get out of this season. Stuck in this season. I'm ready for it to move on. Welcome to the club. Amen. But you know what? You will not get in the next season what God has designed for you if you don't learn the lesson in this season. And the most powerful, amen, revelation about seasons, amen, this is in the book of Genesis, that seasons change. Hallelujah. Here's the good news. If you're in a bad season right now, seasons change. 
If you're in a sick season right now, seasons change. And next season, you'll be healthy. If you're in a broke season right now, good news. There's a blessing season coming. But you've got to handle your broke season so you can endure your... So you can get all the way over here to the blessed season. you got to endure your sick season so that when the healthy season comes, you've already made the necessary changes. Amen. It's in those seasonal moments people get frustrated, but they can't change the season. But you can change you. Hallelujah. Amen. There's some folks, I want to get out of this, and I want to get out of this now. Joseph was there for 20 years. And he thought, finally, I, I, I'm, I'm anointed. I'm going to be the best. And he gets thrown in a pit, man, by his brothers. And then he thinks, all right, my brother showed up. He's going to get me out of this. This season's changed. And his brother says, hey, we're selling you to some slave traders. And then he gets all the way to Egypt, and he gets picked by Potiphar. And he's thinking, oh, man, Potiphar, he's wealthy. This is going to be all right. And then Potiphar's wife is all messed up. And then they falsely accuse him. And that season changes. And he gets thrown into a prison. And he thinks, okay, I'm in the prison. But before it's all said and done, he's running the prison. Amen. And as he's running the prison, he gets an opportunity, helps a prisoner out of prison. Anybody ever been there? You help somebody else out of getting stuck? You get them unstuck? And you still stuck? I've been there a few times. I preached faith to somebody when I needed faith. Amen. I preached, I preached God would bless them when I needed a blessing. But I've helped them get out. And you know what? That next season showed up. The Bible says for two years, uh, the butler forgot about him. You know, some of the people you help get unstuck will forget about you. But I want to help you here today. God has not forgotten about you. And you don't need other people to remember you're stuck in your situation. All you need is God to know you're stuck in your situation. And God is the one that got you in there. And God's the one that will get you out of there. And there he gets in to, amen, from the prison. He gets pulled out. He's all of a sudden he's in. He's there in the, in the king's palace, second in command. His brothers are now bowing before him. You know what he said? He told him before he died, he said, hey, I want to make a deal with you guys. He said, when we get out of Egypt, mind you, when he said this, they weren't slaves. When he said this, nobody was in bondage. When he said this, they were living in Goshen, and Goshen was the Ritz. And he said, hey, I know what, I'm second in command of Egypt, and I know everybody's living posh. He said, but there's coming a day where we're going to need to get up out of Egypt because Egypt is not our home. Can I preach to somebody? This world is not our home. And right now, you're in a season. And don't think that all there is in life is all there is. There's a day coming when the season of this life is going to be over. And this chapter of life is going to be over. And one day, soon and very soon, we're going to leave this plane of existence. And we're going to another city. We're going to another country. Don't set all your stock here on earth. Don't. Don't build a castle here on earth. Don't build things here and build monuments here. You're not staying here. You're not. They, weren't even, they weren't even slaves yet. And he said, hey, there's a day coming. He said, we're going to get out of Egypt. And when that day comes, he said, remember to take my bones out of here. Because a couple thousand years later, when they're exca excavating all the pyramids, I don't want to find my bones. 
because the Pharaoh's buried here and he stayed here. Amen. And Pharaoh, this is all he's got. He died on this earth and that was it. That was the rest of his existence. But being part of the people of God, we seek a better country. And though my bones might be in the ground, amen, they won't stay there because the Bible says in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, amen, we're all going to be changed. What am I preaching you today? Joseph got a revelation. I might be stuck right now, but it's just seasonal. And when I get out of this season, I'm moving to another season. And I've got good news for every apostolic, every believer, every baptized in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost-filled individual, that this season called life is temporary. And one day, we're going to get out of here. And don't and you might feel stuck, but it's a season. And you might feel stuck, but it's not permanent. And eternity is longer than the temporary. Somebody ought to clap your hands and stand all across the building. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. Oh, let's lift up our hands and let's magnify the Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost. I got a lot more notes I could preach. But I've just come to help somebody. You might be stuck here today. Amen. But when you recognize, amen, that you're stuck, you can begin to call out for help. Here's the best news. It's one call and that's all. Amen. If you're stuck in sin, you don't have to call your neighbor. You call God. You say, God, I've, I've messed up. I have sinned. I've made a mistake. I'm stuck in a cycle of bad habits. Come on, somebody. So you think you're just a, just a terrible, you're worse than everybody in the world. No, we're all sinners. Amen. It could very well be you're in a cycle. You're in a bad habit. Amen. And every time you get that trigger, you go back to that. You go back to that drug, you go back to that drink, you go back to that person, you go back to that website, and you think, no, it's just because I'm more evil than everybody else. Amen. The devil will isolate you and make you think you're just worse than everybody else. No, I want to tell you what it is. You're stuck in sin, and sin's got cycles, and it knows that when you get lonely, that's where you go. When you're hurt, that's where you go. And if, you're, and, 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 and if you were the adversary of the devil, what would you do to you? I'll tell you what it is. If making, if making you feel lonely will get you back in the cycle of sin, I'm going to make sure you feel lonely all the time. If I was the devil, amen, and I realized that discouragement would have you go back to the drugs, I'm going to make sure you lose the job. I'm going to make sure that people hate on you. I'm going to make sure you're discouraged as much as humanly possible because I'm trying to take you down into the mud. But the best part is when you recognize I'm in this mess and I'm in a cycle of sin, Lord, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Well, I'm just so far down in the mud, I want to tell you, there's no place too low for God. There is no place too low for God. There is no sin that is too messed up that God cannot deal with it. Lift you up out of the mire. When there's people that are stuck in suffering. Here's the, here it is. The Bible says we are, we, Paul said that I might know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Fellowship, communion, community. That means he, he, who the Bible says knew no sin, became sin for us. He was tempted in all points like as we are. He was in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin. He endured all pain and suffering. 
If anybody, amen, knows about pain and suffering, it's Jesus. He hung in agony. He hung in pain. And if you feel like you're alone in your pain and you're alone in your suffering, I want to tell you, it's the suffering Savior. He's been in pain just like you. He's been hurt just like you. He's felt all the things. The Bible says he feels all of our infirmities. But Romans 8 tells us now that we are filled with his spirit, the spirit helpeth our infirmities. You can be stuck in suffering. And when you call on God, God will get you out of that. Whether it be God physically healing your body, God physically changing your mind, or it be God empowering you like he did Paul to endure the thorn in the flesh and God strengthening you and giving you a power you did not have, God will still get you unstuck. Or whether it's seasonal. Amen. When you realize you're in a seasonal situation, you pray, and I'll tell you what God will do. Amen. God will tell you exactly what he said in Psalms chapter 1. Amen. The man that is planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither. I want to tell you what God will do when you're in a season. God will, God will encourage you. It's not permanent. God will encourage you right now in this season is the time to let your roots go down. In this season, amen, where you don't understand what's going on, it's a season to learn to trust in the Lord. Amen. It does not matter how stuck you feel, how stuck you've been, or how long you've been stuck. I want everybody to leave this building with this revelation. God can get you out. We don't know what Pitt Dayton was talking about. But we know after all the trouble he went through, he got this revelation that God can get me out of the mud. God can get me out of the pit. He writes about it over and over again. Uh, in our text, he said, uh, the Lord shall raise me up out of a miry clay, uh, and he'll set me upon a solid rock, and he'll establish my goings, uh, and God will put a praise on my lips. In Psalm 69, David said, God, he prayed, Lord, I know the only one that can do it is you. Deliver me out of the mire. Don't let me keep sinking into it. Deliver me from people that hate me. Deliver me from situations. Deliver me from everything that's flooding around me. He realized if anybody can help me get out and get unstuck, it is God. We serve a God who rescues people from life's mud pits. There are going to be times where you feel stuck. You realize I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. Can I help you here today? There's going to be some times you're going to have to sing your way out. Brother Jonathan read about it earlier. They were stuck in prison and they began to sing praises to the Lord. And the Bible says the earthquake began about midnight. And all of the prison doors began to, to swing open. And the shackles on their hands and feet began to fall off. Can I help you here today for those that don't understand praise? Oh, Pastor, as long as when I praise God, everything changes around me, then I'll praise God. No, you praise God regardless of what changes or does not change. There's going to be times where you're going to sing and praise God, and the shackles are going to come off. There's going to be times where you're going to come to church, and you're going to begin to dance and praise the Lord, and things are going to change. And then there's going to be other times where praise does not alter your circumstances but it alters your perspective. 
and you think, I'm stuck in all these other areas. And God said, no, you are stuck right here. And praise is going to take you out this way. Hallelujah. There's going to be times when you're going to come to church and everybody knows that even while I'm preaching here today, you feel stuck and all it's going to take is one revelation. I don't know why I'm in this. I don't know why I'm suffering. I don't know why I don't know why I don't know why. And I don't know what to do to get out of it. And I'll get up and begin to preach. Or somebody else will get up and begin to preach. Or somebody will get up and say something while they're leading worship or doing announcements. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost will give you a word. And that word will make the shackles begin to break off of you. But I want to tell you, it all comes from the same source. It is the Lord that pulls us out of the world. If you're here today, I want you to lift up your hands. If you're here today, you feel stuck. Might be stuck in your marriage, stuck in your finances, stuck in your spirituality, stuck in sin. It might be stuck in suffering. It might be stuck in shame and guilt and all these other things that you feel like I can't get out of it. I want to tell you what God wants to do for you today. God wants to pull you out of that area. God wants to pull you out of that mindset. God wants to help you get unstuck. And when God gets done helping you get unstuck, he's going to put you on a solid place, a place that, that you don't fall back into. And God's going to put you on the right direction and on the right path. And when you get all said and done, God's going to put a new song and a new praise. After you get delivered and get unstuck, you're going to worship God like never before. I want to open up this altar. We're going to come pray. They're going to begin to sing here in a minute. But I want us to come. And today, amen, there, there's people here today, I believe everybody's stuck in some area. We all are. But I believe that when we come to pray, the Holy Ghost is going to help somebody get unstuck. Amen. They, they're, they're, they're thinking, I don't know how to get out. I don't know what to do. I want to tell you what you're going to do. Amen. First and foremost, amen, you're going to be patient, as David said. Secondly, you're going to cry out to God. And when you cry out to God, I want to tell you, it's going to bring in to produce a praise. And God's going to help you praise him. Amen. And that praise is going to get you unstuck. And that praise is going to help you get free. And that praise is going to open up doors. Somebody pray. Come on, lift up your voice. There are some folks here today you feel like you can't get out, but I have a vision. I'm telling you, God's going to get somebody free today. You pulled against it. You pulled against it. You pulled against it. But today, I want you to reach your hands out to heaven. Reach your voice out to heaven. Cry out to God as David said. I cried unto the Lord out of the miry pit. I cried unto God out of the mud. I cried unto God out of my stuck place. And God heard me. And God reached his hand down. And he pulled me out. Amen. You've been trying and it's not been working. You've been trying to get free from addiction and it's not been working. But today, if you'll reach your heart out to the Lord, God will begin to pull that out of you. If you begin to reach out, God will give you a direction. God will set you on the right path. Somebody pray right now as they begin to sing. Come on, there's freedom. There's freedom for somebody here today. There's freedom in the house of the Lord. There's freedom in the house of the Lord. Somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in your mind. There's freedom in your heart. There's freedom. Somebody pray. Come on. You've been stuck for a while, but God's going to help you get out.
Come on, somebody lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. Come on, there's some folks right now lifting their heart. Lift your hands, lift your voice, and begin to pray. Help me get out of this. Help me get out of this. I got into it, but God, help me get out of this. So I 